This is Fire News Now, bringing you news and information from around the fire service. Proudly brought to you by the NEP Media Network. It's Friday, February 25th, 2022. I'm Grace Underwood. Police in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania are searching for the gunman who they say nearly shot two firefighters last weekend. Authorities say occupants in two vehicles started firing at each other on Saturday outside of Harrisburg Fire Station Number 2. Firefighters say two of their own were almost struck by stray bullets, and at least nine bullet holes were found in the station's bay doors. Three fire trucks were also hit by the bullets. No injuries were reported and no arrests have been made. Unfortunately, firefighters say this station is no stranger to shootings. In fact, firefighters had to dive for cover last summer when shots were fired from a car outside of the station. In that case, a bullet struck a ramp just feet from where firefighters were standing. Two Anaheim, California firefighters were injured Sunday when an illegal butane honey lab exploded inside of a commercial building. The explosion and fire happened around 11.25 a.m. on the 1100 block of North Knollwood Circle in Anaheim. Two people were inside of the building when the explosion occurred, with one reported to have severe burn injuries. According to local law enforcement, butane is often used to extract THC from marijuana plants. The process, which produces hash oil, is extremely dangerous because the gas can be easily ignited. Los Angeles KTTV Fox 11 spoke with Anaheim firefighter John Burkle, one of the two firefighters injured in the blaze. Our behavior started to change dramatically within a matter of a second. Uh, Blink and I, uh, we had the explosion. All I saw was orange, and I was told that I was fully engulfed. Um, by a fireball. I can't thank enough the guys who pulled me out, including my partner who dragged me out with a broken back. They're essentially using the butane to extract the oils. And butane is highly volatile, highly flammable, highly explosive. And it's something that shouldn't be handled by anybody who's not a professional and knows how to use it. Fortunately, there's no way for us to know what's behind those doors until it's unfortunately too late. Burkle suffered second-degree burns to his face. The other injured firefighter hurt his back after the explosion caused him to fly backwards and land on his SCBA. Thankfully, both injured firefighters are expected to be okay. The fire eventually reached four alarms and was placed under control in a little more than two hours. More than 150 Chicago firefighters responded Monday morning to a massive blaze in the Albany Park neighborhood that destroyed two businesses businesses, and an apartment building. One resident was reported injured and at least five were displaced from their damaged apartments. The fire was reported around 3.30 a.m. and swept through the three-story apartment building on North Richmond Street before spreading to a neighboring building, housing a brewery and a gym. Chicago Fire Department Deputy District Chief John Giordano spoke to reporters from the scene. From wind conditions, that didn't help us today. Plus the proximity of the uh, structure here to the back porches, which got inside a truss-constructed building, which bolstering truss is a major concern of ours. And we did have a roof collapse and partial building collapse as well. It took more than five hours for the blaze to be declared under control. The cause of the blaze remains under investigation. 
following the January deaths of three Baltimore City firefighters and the collapse of a vacant home. A Baltimore City Council member has proposed creating restrictions on when firefighters can enter vacant buildings and requiring firefighters to wear body cameras. A bill introduced Tuesday evening by Councilwoman Daniela McRae would bar city firefighters from entering vacant buildings if 25% or more of the structure has been consumed by fire. The bill would also limit firefighters from entering a vacant building unless the fire department confirmed an occupant was inside and that structural and hazardous conditions permitted a safe entry. The bill also requires firefighters to be equipped with cameras that would collect audio and video at the scene of fires. According to the Baltimore Sun, a spokeswoman for the fire department says Fire Chief Niles Ford was not consulted on the legislation in advance. Baltimore Firefighters IFF Local 734 President Rich Langford said the city's fire unions were also not consulted about the legislation, and they have significant concerns about their practicality, especially since the union feels the department has much more pressing needs at the moment. He spoke with WBAL AM Radio. Department, we have so many other issues that um, need financial backing, apparatus, stations, training. We have a lot of things we need to look at before we start just jumping to the gun and saying we need um, body cameras and all this. We just had a public um, study done on the department that took over two years. I believe it cost over $200,000 of taxpayer money that came out in November of 21. And yet we have not sat down with the city council, with the mayor's office, to have a really good open dialogue on what is in this report. Let's start there before we start jumping to, we need body cameras, we need to put these percentages on dwellings. Let's start very simple on a report that was funded by the citizens of Baltimore at the urging of the city council. Baltimore City Fire Department Lieutenants Paul Buttram and Kelsey Sadler and paramedic firefighter Kenny Lacayo were killed on January 24th, 2022, while battling a fire in a vacant southwest Baltimore home. The cause of the fire remains under investigation, but a person of interest is being sought in relation to the blaze, with a $100,000 reward offered for information about the person. And now, a word from NEP Services. NEP Services presents Adapt or Die. the 2022 Adapt or Die Conference. Adapt or Die. Advanced communications training for leaders and emergency responders. With an incredible lineup of speakers from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, politics, and beyond. And introducing keynote speaker, Cody Gandy, from Jocko Willick and Leif Babin's Echelon Front. Now, when I first came on board, I heard Jocko and Leif talking about default aggressive. Immediately registered with me because in the Marine Corps, we utilize the bias for action. Now, bias for action, what that meant was to be aggressive aggressive in every single thing that we did. March 10th to 11th, 2022, at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Visit www.nepetraining.org for more information and to register. Let's get back to the news. On Wednesday, the Oregon State Senate unanimously approved Oregon House Bill 4113, which adds an expanded list of cancers as occupational diseases for firefighters under state's workers' compensation law. State Representative Dacia Graber is the chief sponsor of the bill and introduced the legislation to build upon existing cancer protections. Graber herself is a firefighter, as is her husband 
who is also a cancer survivor. Cancer is the leading cause of death among firefighters, with research suggesting firefighters are at a higher risk of certain types of cancers when compared with the general population. Graber spoke with Portland NBC affiliate KGW8 about the bill. There are very few things more traumatizing to a firefighter family than the words, you have cancer. Uh, It turns your whole world upside down, and for the families that will have to face this, this is one step that could make it just a little bit easier. We're trying to figure out more about why are we getting sick, but it's, it's cumulative. And when you're at the funeral of someone who's 49 years old and died of brain cancer, it's absolutely, uh, it's gut-wrenching. Oregon's workers' compensation law already protected firefighters from many kinds of work-related cancers, but this bill addresses gaps in coverage, adding bladder and female reproductive cancers to that list. A Minnesota firefighter is also working to protect fellow firefighters from getting cancer. Mark Munson, a captain with the St. Paul Fire Department, saw too many firefighters he knew being diagnosed with cancer linked to job exposure. So he got an idea. Based off of the hoods firefighters wear to protect their heads and necks, Munson felt there were other parts of their body that needed extra protection, specifically high exposure areas like underarms and the groin area. So he founded a company called UnderGuardian, which makes microfiber undergarments designed to protect firefighters from toxic, cancer-causing particulates that enter the body through absorption. He spoke to Minneapolis NBC affiliate KARE11. I have no illusions of fame and fortune, but if I can make a difference, I feel like I've done a pretty good job. We've done a great job of protecting our airways, but we've learned through these studies that we also absorb these particulates through our skin. Um, causing higher rates of cancer. We also have other areas in our body that are very absorbent, the groin, um, the armpits. I can bend that cancer curve. If I can level it and start bending it downward and my name is attached to that, I'll be pretty happy. Munson says the biggest challenge is getting fire departments to invest in his products, which cost about $240 a set. They are available online at underguardian.com. And finally, a golden retriever is boosting firefighter morale on rough days at the North River Fire District. Just six weeks ago, the Tampa Bay Area Fire District received their first firefighter-specific therapy dog, named Drew. The new tail wagon recruit is positively improving morale at the station by serving as a furry companion to the firefighters after they respond to traumatic calls. Firefighter suicides are, are, are a really scary thing, and I think it's something like Drew, or we, we also have other resources people can reach out, but you know, the simplest thing is a dog. The pup was given to the department by the Southeastern Guide Dogs Organization. Drew is making a big difference in the department, reminding us all that dogs really are man's best friend and a first responder's favorite partner. From the NEP Media Network, this is the February 25th, 2022 edition of Fire News Now. Remember to follow and download Fire News Now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.